Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a chancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. Come on into the Wild West Showdown for an evening of poems and stories about the American West. A land of legend, of romance, of friendship and courage. A motherload of remembrance. A true showcase of the Old West with the old cowboy, J.C. Holsey. Howdy folks, come on in to the Wild West Showdown. We got a special guest today, one of my favorite Western authors, Cliff Roberts. He's been selling books like hotcakes, as the old saying goes. Let's slow down just a little bit first. I want to say something about my publishing company, Outlaws Publishing, a brand new publishing company promoting brand new authors. And we have two of those new authors that have new books. John D. Fye Jr. is our first author. I would encourage you, if you haven't done it already, that you travel over there to Amazon.com and pick up John D. Fye Jr.'s book. It's called Blood on the Plains. And it's a real fantastic story, and, uh, and the readers are enjoying it. Hold on now, John's not the only author with a new book published by Outlaws Publishing. Another young man with a number one hit called Piper, the General's Daughter, is a very popular book on Amazon. That author's name is J.R. Evers, and I personally feel he has a great future as a Western author. If you like Westerns to be traditional and action-packed, then these two books are for you. Of course, now we don't want to leave out the old Cowboys books. I just released a new one this month, Does Nora Know? Now, if you're in for a surprise with this one. Also, I've released quite a few books on audio. Why don't you ride on over to Amazon and check all three of us out? How about some original country music right now? We heard this young man before, but I think we need to hear him again. But before we do that, I want all you songwriters out there to listen up. Being a songwriter myself, I know about that burning desire to get folks to hear your songs. I also know a way you can get that done. Send the old cowboy an email, jc at outlawspublishing.com. That's jc at outlawspublishing.com. And let me know that you have a song you want us to play on the Wild West Showdown. I'd be mighty proud to do that for you. Now, don't hold back. Send that email just as soon as the show is over. This is Tony Arbanos with his original song, my old man. you pay 
passion He'll give you pride He'll give you a fine heart With a fire in his eyes And he knows my weakness And he knows my strength I would do almost anything To be in his shoes today And he'll work his candle To get done what needs done He taught us kids Preach and protect with a Bible and a gun And he's got his moments Yeah, he's got his sins But he's never turned his back Even when I've turned my back on him And he's never backed down He taught us to do the best we can And when you hit that last slam You gotta give it all and more Till the end oh, That's my old man You talk about giving You talk about faith Well, He's got a wife and kids of his own That he still loves to this day There ain't no gain in life Lest you earn it with your own hands And he's got his moments Yeah, he's got his sins But he's never turned his back Even when I've turned my back on him And he's never backed down He taught us to do the best we can And when you hit that last slam You gotta give it all and more Till the end well, That's my old man My old about death You talk about a fear of God that every man should have And when the sun is setting the Lord calls from above I'm gonna wish I was half the man that he always was moments yeah he's got his sins but he's never turned his back even when I've turned my back on him and he's never backed down he taught us to do the best we can and when you hit that last slam you gotta keep it on the floor until the end that's my
I mentioned a little bit earlier that we've got the very talented Cliff Roberts on the Wild West Showdown today. His latest Western book, Shootout, is already selling very well on Amazon. And he's got a new book coming out very soon. We're going to be talking to him about that. We finally snagged him for an interview after weeks of waiting. So let's get down to business. This is Cliff Roberts. Thank you so much for being on the Wild West Showdown with us today. Thanks. Appreciate you having me on. Well, let me ask you a personal question. Are you married and do you have children? Yes, I am married. My, I have two daughters. They're both grown adults. Uh, and they've, been, they've each given me three grandchildren. Three grandchildren. Yep, five boys and one girl. Okay. Oldest one's like 14 now. The youngest one is turned three the other day. It won't be long till you'll be a great granddad. Well, let's not get carried away here. <laughs> I'm great already, I think. Uh, right. <laughs> Have you always wanted to ride, Cliff? Most of my life, I, I've had the the uh, desire to write, but I never really could find the time, and I didn't really understand what was needed to make a story something that somebody else would want to read. It took me a while to figure that out, and then I played with it over the years while I continued working and doing other things for a living, and then I was forced into retirement a few years ago, and I could only watch so much television and you run out of movies pretty quick and I'd been reading an awful lot of books right. and some of the books were so poorly written I kept telling myself well I can do this I can do this better than they're doing it and so finally I decided I'd give it a shot and I found out it was a lot of hard work but I'm doing it well and I, I like it I enjoy it a lot that, that's that's the key I think to it uh, it's a lot of hard work I agree but do you think you could not write Oh, I at this point no. Um, okay. Even on, even on days when I don't think I'm all that inspired to do any writing, I still find myself sitting down and just jotting something down to try and figure out, how, you know, am I writing okay? Does this look good? Maybe I've got a good idea for another story, and I can't stop doing it. It's it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what was your first book about? My first book was entitled Reprisal, Legal Rises, and it was about a terrorist attack on the United States and the government's lack of response and how some prominent citizens had to step up, much like the Founding Fathers, and take on the terrorists because the government wouldn't. Did you have any trouble writing that one? Oh, gosh. It took me uh, five years of research just to figure out how everything worked and who was capable of what, who... Uh, what would work uh, as far as a storyline. And then I wrote it originally, and I had 180,000 words. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> and publishers said, that's way too much for a novel, kid. Uh, why don't you try cutting it down and come back and talk with me? Yeah. And so I came, went back to them with 80,000 words, and they liked it, but they never fulfilled their contract with me. They never got around to getting it edited or published or anything else. So I ended up uh, doing it on my own and published it myself. You know, that's a, that's a great – I think you and I both live in a great time. This new technology we got allows us to do that. When the publishers, the big publishers, don't want us, we can do it ourselves. Absolutely. If, if it weren't for self-publishing, we would be missing a, a number of excellent writers and authors that I've read here in the last couple of years because we just don't fit the mold of what they're looking for at a lot of the publishers. We're, we're not from Ivy League schools. We're not somebody they went and found. 
I'm actually quite happy being a self-published author now. I've had had contracts several times. Yeah. Not one of the publishers has lived up to the contract. So it's like they feel they have you cornered and you have nothing that you can do about it. Well, I just will self-publish and get cancel my contract. <laughs> yeah, I, I talked to this young lady the other day. She she was so happy that she got signed with a big publishing company, and she sent them her, her work. In fact, she sent them three stories. They took a year before they put the first one out, and there she was just sitting, and what, what's happening? This is what I feel. I feel it's a shame the way the big publishing companies treat new authors. It seems, I agree. It seems if you're not a, a well-known author already, they treat you like a second-class citizen. Well, yeah, they they actually don't want you unless they can show that you can sell your books to a little niche group already, yep. so they can be guaranteed they're going to make money off the deal. So this first first book, what genre was it? it action, adventure, political thriller. Okay. And um, it did very, very, very well. I was surprised that, that it took off as well as it did. It took two tries. The, the first time I self-published, I didn't get a very good editing job from the person I used, but right. when I got a second editor who helped me make the book more professional. It got a very good following, and it's still selling today. That's great. It's been out three years. Okay. I understand you write, also write westerns. Yep, I do. I have, have always liked the cowboy story because growing up in the 60s, and you, you get used to John Wayne being on TV all the time. And, <laughs> Gunsmoke yeah. and you know the Virginian and he just bonanza. He just had to. He just had to be part of that 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 group and you know every little kid wanted to be a cowboy and so as now that I'm a 60 year old little kid I still want to be a cowboy. So I, I looked at the the idea of writing cowboy stories at the end of last year because I hadn't written one yet and I decided well I can do this you know this isn't something that is more than I can handle. And then I also looked at it and said, and it's also not just, you know, comic books either. It's a real story. So right. that's that got me going. That got my juices going. And so far I've got um, three of them, I do believe, that are out. Okay. And uh, Innocence and the Outlaw, Gold for San Joaquin, which is being re-released after we, there was a little bit of publisher problem with that one. Okay. And Shootout, the latest one. And I've got a, a new one coming out as of uh, August 28th, and that is... Um, Connor Slate, Bounty Hunter. Okay, sounds good. Listen, do you find that the thriller genre kind of bleeds over into your westerns or, or vice versa? Yeah, they kind of bleed over into the westerns a little bit. I I, I like getting a, a story going where you don't know exactly what's going to happen the next time you, you turn the page. I enjoy that so much in my writing. I tell folks, I just hang on and find yeah. out where, where my character is going to take me next. Yeah, a lot of people use uh, outlines, and they, they get it so before they even start writing, it's all going to be exactly this. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. I, uh, I, I, I can't. Don't, I don't know what the story is going to end up being. I want it to be as entertaining for me as it is for the reader. And it is that. Okay, uh, you live in Tennessee, is that right? Yes, I live in Tennessee, eastern Tennessee, the foothills of the Smoky Mountains. Yeah, Tennessee's got a rich history of westerns, and uh, do you use any of that? I haven't yet. You know, you, you think about those things, and I just I haven't really focused on any particular region or territory. I've kind of left things a little open as in regards to where in the West it's happening. And imagine that eventually I will pin it down at some point, but I haven't really gotten area-specific yet with the stories. Are you going to continue writing in both genres? Yes, uh, I am. I have a, uh, a sequel to my 
probably most successful of my straight thriller books, uh, which was Fatal Mistake. I have the sequel to it. Golden, so, uh, rather, Silver Lining, sorry, getting the cowboys mixed up here. Uh, Silver Lining is the thriller that's coming out here at the uh, end of August as well, or middle of August. And so it should do, there should be some interesting things shortly, because I'm really hoping for the new thriller to take and catch a lot of people by surprise and bring in new readers and get the old readers going again as well. You know, I think a question that some folks might have is how do you keep them separate in your brain? Oh, gosh, that's hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, and also, how to, I know as an author myself how hard it is to come up with a title or, or a character's name, for that matter. How do you how do you go about that process? Well, as far as the title goes, generally I, I think of a title usually before I start the book. I'm, I'm not That's probably not how people before have done it, but it's kind of how I do it. I usually will be just sitting around, you know, out on my porch watching the dog chase whatever's in the yard and I'll think about, well, hmm, what kind of story do I want to write next? And then I start thinking about what's going to sound good as a title. And I'll work up usually a, at least a working title for something and I'll go in and start writing the story. And if the story takes me to a, a different storyline than what I was expecting, I'll change the title and rearrange it a little bit. And sometimes, you know, I still won't have it right. I'll sit down with my publicist, Nick Whale at Novel Ideas and we'll kick titles around for two or three hours before we finally decide on one and pick that one. Okay. So it's, now, not, it's not an easy process, is it? Oh, no. It's hard to do. And picking character names. Oh, gosh. It's really hard to do because you don't want to pick character names that are similar to other authors. And you don't want to pick something that's really off the wall. And you, you don't want to pick something that's hard to remember. And it's, But it can't be repetitive from compared to what you've read. And it's like, oh, jeez. Yeah, so <laughs> I got to name this guy. <laughs> it's so easy to name him Joe or Fred or John, isn't it? <laughs> uh-huh. It's very easy. It's just... No, we want, we want something that's going to stick out in people's mind. When they read it, they go, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so from such-and-such -such book. Yeah. Okay, you've already said you've got sequels coming out to your thriller. You've got sequels coming out to your westerns. Or, or is it a series, or are, all the, are your westerns separate stories? The Counter-Slate, which is really the first one coming out here in the series uh, of Counter-Slate, The Bounty Hunter, is it's a series, but it's each story is kind of a standalone to it. There's okay. not really too steady of a uh, connecting line between them yet. I imagine I'll probably tie them more together as as I go along because people just like it better that way. And sure. I kind of like it, too, because then you know what's really going on all the way across the board. But I look at... Um, like how Tom Clancy wrote his thrillers. And, yeah, you could tell they were all connected, but yet they were all a completely separate story. And they just had little tiny pieces here that connected them and kept the whole process moving forward. That's what I'm kind of kind of trying to, to work to. Okay. Does your uh, political experience, uh, does it bleed over into your writing? <laughs> I, uh, I'm reformed now. I don't, ha I don't have my soapbox today. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it, it does. Everything that, that we do as writers um, in our lives outside of when we're actually writing, it, it leads into the story. It, it's you. It shows up whether you want it to or not. And it, I definitely have strong feelings for this country, and I want it to continue to be the, the leader of the world, and it's hard to not let that show up in, in my writing. Right. It even is showing up in the in the westerns that I've written. Though I've gone back and toned it down and kept it, you know, just as an underlying theme that America's great. It is hard to keep those those type of things out of there. All all the years that of different businesses that I've worked and run, they all play into it too. Because you 
take all those experiences and what you've learned from them, you, you will put in the story somewhere. Some it may not be exactly you know the way you did it in that business, but it'll be eerily similar. Well, how would we go about finding your books if we wanted to get a copy of them? Well, I am on Amazon. Everything is on Amazon from the paperbacks to the audios to the Kindle versions. Let me ask you this, Cliff. If we if I went to Amazon, what would I type in to find you? You would you would simply type in author Cliff Roberts. Okay, great. That's... And it it should be the first one to pop up. It has been for four years. It should okay. stay there. <laughs> great. I know you have all these social media sites like Twitter and Facebook. Oh, yeah. I'm on Facebook. Um, I, I I have a Twitter account, but I haven't done anything with it. Uh, okay. I've on at one point I had like 37 different groups I belong to, and yeah. all these different sites. I found it was taking up so much of my time to keep up with what was going on on the site. I wasn't keeping up with what I was writing. Right. <laughs> so I kind of got away from most of it. I'll go on Facebook now and again, but I don't spend too much time on any of the social media sites anymore because I'd rather write. Yeah, I that, like writing. That's one of the things about the social media. It does take time away from your writing. Very it easy. takes a great deal of time. Anyway, we, we're real proud that you came by to visit with us on the Wild West Showdown, and I want to give you a personal invitation from okay. me to you to come back any time. Well, I will. No problem. We'll talk at you later then. All righty. Thanks you, JC. Appreciate you having you having me on. All right. That was Cliff Roberts, everybody. I think he's fabulous writer and I hope he'll come back on the show again in the near future. If you'd like to learn more about Cliff Roberts head on over to Amazon and type his name into the search bar. I think you'll like what you find. Now I want to talk about something a little special today. I know the majority of you remember Colonel Sanders the man behind Kentucky Fried Chicken. Did you know he became a success in his old age? He was over 60 years old when he became one of the most successful men in America. The point of my telling you about Colonel Sanders is you should never give up on your dream, no matter what age you are. He went on to fulfill dreams after most folks retired to an old folks home. Now I'm 74 years old, and I'm running a publishing company, hosting a radio show, taking care of my family, and writing books. You may be older than me, but more than likely you're younger. What I'm trying to tell you is you should never feel you can't do the things you feel you need to do. If you want to write a book, Pick up the pen and paper or tap the keyboard until you get it done. In today's world, a person could be whatever they want to be. Don't keep putting it off. Follow your dreams and make them a reality. Colonel Sanders proves that point to me every single day I get out of bed and moan about feeling my age. I like to say, I don't feel my age. I feel my dreams. I'm living my dreams. And you know what? You can too. I told you earlier that I had a lot of my books come out on audio this month. I think I'm going to play you a little bit from my latest release, Rebecca. It's narrated by J. Rodney Turner, and I think he does a fantastic job. Take a listen to this. When she saw the tall, dark man with the flint-colored eyes, she felt a flutter in her midsection. What was it about him that affected her so? She stared at his mouth wondering if his lips would feel as soft as they looked. When he told his partner to go on without him, she again felt something churn inside her. Then he walked over and stood in front of her. When he spoke, his voice commanded that she obey, which she would do gladly. 
Is there such a thing as love at first sight? She believed there was, because she was in love with this stranger. He was a stagecoach robber, an outlaw, and a thief. When he saw the effect the woman had on the other men, he thought they were being foolish. But when he took a second look, he felt his heart start to race and had a hard time breathing. What could this frightened, freckled-faced redhead with the piercing pale green eyes have that is so different from all the other women he had known? Love at first sight was a myth. Or was it? Chapter One Her pale green eyes had a frightened look as she stared straight ahead. The breeze was blowing her long red hair across her face, almost covering her freckles. She was young, wearing a plain blue and white dress, which failed to hide her full figure. She held a small carpet bag tightly in her tiny hands. Every man stared at her in awe. They stopped in their tracks and looked at her as though she were a figment of their imagination. It seemed I was the only one who escaped her hypnotic effect. I had been leader of this gang of ragtag rejects for going on six months. We were all a bunch of misfits that would rather hold up a stage or a bank than look at the rear end of a cow all day. And Virgil was my second in command. But lately, he had been questioning my decisions. One good thing about our gang, if there could be anything good about a bunch of thieves, was that we were not killers. Mainly because my daddy was a sheriff when I was a kid. He died trying to stop a bank robbery. You might ask how come a sheriff's kid turned to Robin. Well, it's like I said, I ain't too fond of hard work. I had told every member of our gang that killing someone would not be tolerated and would cost the killer his life. I know how Ma and me felt when he didn't come home that day, and I don't want to be responsible for some wife or kid crying because their loved one didn't come home. I shoved Virgil and got his attention. What's the matter with you? We've got a job to do. Now get on with it. He jumped into action, hollered at the other men, and grabbed the strong box from under the seat. Hoo-hoo, we gonna be rich, Virgil yelled as he loaded the box onto the pack horse we brought with us. All right, Virgil, I said. Mount up and let's get out of here. I took another look at the young lady, who had silver-colored tears sliding down her cheeks. And suddenly it hit me. I was gonna take her with me. You boys go ahead, I told Virgil. I'll catch up to you. Should be there before dark. What are you going to do? Virgil asked. I said I'd catch up. I snapped at him. Why can't he just follow orders? Now move out. I gave a stern look. Virgil reluctantly turned and headed out behind the others. Then I got out of the saddle and walked toward the girl. When I stepped in front of her, she lifted her head and sniffed once and my breath left my body when those piercing pale green eyes locked with mine. I felt as if she was looking straight into my soul. I could feel her drawing me into her world with just a look. 
I glanced at the other passengers, then back at her. This she only bang? She gave a slight nod. I pointed to the bag. You got something in there fit for riding? She nodded again. I looked at the other passengers. Then I looked back to her and said, Put it on. You're going with me. She turned without saying anything and went behind the stagecoach. One of the passengers, a plump elderly woman with a shrill voice who didn't seem to mind using it, yelled, You can't take her. I looked right at her and said quietly, She can stay if she wants to. She returned shortly, wearing a man's outfit, but it only accentuated her curves. I put my hands around her tiny waist and helped her into the saddle. Move your foot so I can get on, too. I slid my boot into the stirrup and swung up behind her. The top of her head rested under my chin and I inhaled deeply. It's been too long. She twisted, trying to adjust to the saddle. I felt the closeness of her and inhaled again. You hungry? I asked. She nodded. It's not much further. We'll stop up ahead. We stopped in a little draw, then dismounted and drank from the canteen. I handed her a small piece of jerky. It's a little hard to chew, but if you let it soak in your mouth, it'll soften enough. I need to go behind these bushes first, she said as she disappeared into them. I sat with my back against the tree, watching her as she walked back from the bushes. She was really something to look at. I started thinking to myself, do I really want to go back to the hideout with her and face the boys? I saw the way they looked at her. Maybe it'd be better to head to Flanagan's place. It's not but ten more miles or so. That's what we'll do. Albert McGrew Flanagan was a chubby fellow with a round face, which always seems to be flushed, as if he'd just finished a foot race. He seemed young to be the owner of a large ranch like the Circle Four, but he was. Some say he won it in a poker game, while others say he inherited it from an uncle. I was probably the only one that knew the truth. He and I had been members of the famous Henderson gang. Every member of the gang was killed as they left the scene, except us. Flanagan and I slipped out the back door and got away with $40,000. He then came to Rockford, Texas, bought the ranch from an elderly gent that was ready to retire, and became a respected man in the community. He offered me half interest in the ranch, but I wasn't ready to settle down. Now, however, I might be ready. I remember asking Ma how she knew she loved Pa, and she said, When it happens to you, it'll become very clear. She leaned back against me, and I tightened my arms around her. She felt good that way, and filled an emptiness deep inside me. I had known a lot of girls, but none of them ever had this effect on me. As we drew closer to Flanagan's, I began to think I didn't want to share her with him either. Why would I feel this way about Flanagan? He'd never do anything to hurt me, but he is a man. 
I remember how the boys looked at her back at the stage. I've got to stop being this way. I can't stay away from people all the time. I've never been this taken with a woman before. What is it about her? Sure, she's very good looking, but there's something else. I reckon I ain't no better than the boys. She's cast some sort of spell on me, and I don't even know her name. Wasn't that good? J. Rodney Turner does a fantastic job. If you're interested in hearing the rest of the story, you need to travel on over to Amazon, and it's on sale there. Got quite a few others there also. Boy, don't time fly when you're having fun. Look at what time it is. It's about that time to say so long again. But before I go, I want to remind all you songwriters out there, send me an email, jc at outlawspublishing.com. Let me know you got a song you want us to play on the Wild West Showdown. All you poets, we'll let you come and read your poem on the Wild West Showdown. jc at outlawspublishing.com. We want to thank Tony Urbanos for his song today. We're going to have him back again. Also, thanks to Cliff Roberts, very talented Cliff Roberts, whose books you really need to check out if you haven't already. Now, before I go, let me give you a little more cowboy wisdom. Letting the cat out of the bag is a whole lot easier than putting it back in. This is the old cowboy J.C. Hulsey saying adios and happy trails. Come on back next week to the Wild West Showdown with the old cowboy J.C. Hulsey. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.